time to cue the coach. The world we are living in today has been spiraling out of control for decades in such a way that we are all losing our minds, risking our health daily, and choking on the ashes of a dying paradigm. You don't want to continue living in fear or in conformity to someone else's version of reality, do you? I know I'm done, and I've been done for quite some time now. Wellness needs an advocate. Holistic health, that is. It's time that we rise to the challenge of creating a brand new world with the fiery passion of a phoenix rising from the ashes. What beautiful essence do you possess that this world desperately needs? On this podcast, that is what we are here to find out. Together, let's unlock the pure potential from within. And as Gandhi said, let's be the change we wish to see in this world. And here we go. Episode 12, The Sacral Chakra. Hello, hello, once again, beautiful souls. I'm your host of Cue the Coach, Michael Malik, and today we move from our previous episode on the root chakra to the second of the chakras dealing with matter, the sacral chakra, also known in Sanskrit as Spadasthana, which translates loosely as where your being is established or one's own abode. In my own words, the chakra represents the place in which the ego, our identity, is established and maintained. It is the central hub for energy of our personality and our connection to physical life. The chakra is located just below the navel, and its center spans from your lower belly back to the lumbar vertebrae, just above the first three of the root chakra. It is also connected to the root chakra in the testicles in men and the ovaries in women. Now, there are many other body parts associated with this chakra, as they are there is with every chakra, but these areas are a few of the main ones, dealing with sexuality and creative energy and the extension of stability associated with the root chakra. The full symbol is a six-petaled orange lotus flower, orange being its main color representing joy, warmth, and creativity, with a circle at its center and a waning crescent moon, a water animal, or sometimes a half moon at the base of the circle, one of those three usually. This is often colored light blue and may contain white, light blue representing tranquility and flowing water, white representing purity and new beginnings. For the most part, this is a loose translation. There is always slight interpretational differences uh, depending on who you speak with. But that's the, the basic sum of it. That's my understanding that most early representations depicted a half moon. The symbol of the circle is also representative of the element of water as well. So this certainly makes sense, though, when you pull all of these descriptions together when it comes to the energy of the sacral chakra. The partial moon is present in the symbol to represent the energetic connection between the moon and water, and it's a waning moon, or a half moon in some depictions, to represent the cyclical nature of the moon, just as the human body has, including the female menstrual cycles that take the same number of days to complete as the moon itself does through its phases. Now, originally, when men and women lived in harmony with nature all the time, 24-7, Moon cycles and menstrual cycles were even more harmonious with our biology than they are now. Our modern culture has had a negative effect on this synchronicity. We really should pay attention to it to try and get back to it as much as possible to balance the chakra out. It's 
It's also important to note here that there are many different variations on the symbol of the chakra that have been designed over the years. These different depictions are often just artistic renderings that may not always reflect the elements of the chakras accurately, no matter how beautiful they are. However, many times they are designed intentionally focused on a particular aspect of the symbol. For example, a secondary elemental association is ascribed to the sacral chakra, fire. It's often said in 12-step meetings that when one has an overwhelming urge to act out in some way related to addiction, that they have a burning desire to use. It's also said in other places and times that we've had a fire in our belly when we have a strong creative urge that's forming within. So some may say that the color orange is also representative of fire. It's about centralizing desire amongst the ebb and flow of life as change flows like water, though. So both the fire and the water elements are important here. The sacral chakra is our pleasure center. It's the energy from the center that char is characterized by energetic flow and flexibility. The chakra is also associated with the lymphatic system, which is responsible for removing all fluids that leak out of our body, our blood vessels. The system is also responsible for the optimal function of our immune system. And this involves our lymph nodes, the spleen, and the thymus. So from our sexual health to our immune system, the sacral chakra is very important to our overall health and well-being. It's also this center paired with the root chakra that generates life, pregnancy with little humans, <laughs> and the pregnancy of possibility. It's responsible for our creativity and with our comfort or discomfort as we relate to our inner and outer worlds. Imbalance here has a lot to do with impotence and infertility. So if you've been having challenges in these areas, listen up, because this is where true help comes in at the energetic level. How many of us, I wonder, move through life expecting fulfillment from our sexual partners and from drugs or outside stimulus for temporary fleeting satisfaction, rather than waking up each morning and choosing passion from within as the intention of fulfillment from action that we will take? We often run from moment to moment and spend most of our time locked in overthinking with the analytical mind, just reacting rather than creating. We don't take the time to get to know ourselves our true selves, and to come from a place of our personal desire beneath the ego at the core of our essence. When was the last time you asked yourself, what is it that I truly desire for my life? When was the last time you said, I'm going to get what I want in my life, and I know exactly how to get it? These are the perfect two things to be thinking about when considering balancing the sacral chakra. Most of us can reconcile this question and statement intellectually, but often can't seem to materialize on them fully. Fleeting desires get in the way of true progress. Sex, drugs, and fleeting emotional urges keep us from transmuting the creative energy of this center up into higher energy centers to make effective progress. The way that we think about ourselves when we do these things has an even bigger impact on the chakra than the actions we actually take. Our insecurities and fears affect how this center distributes or restricts energy to the rest of our bodies. When we allow our lives to be dictated by these fears and insecurities, we spin our wheels and make no meaningful constructive progress. So how do we find balance within the chakra to make meaningful lasting change in our lives? Let's get to that. So first, we now understand that our feelings, emotions, and how we think creates our personality and our bodies. We understand that the human experience is one of energetic frequency and that these frequencies can be measured and traced to certain areas of the body and more precisely, in certain areas of our existence on this earth. If you listen to my previous episodes, you, you can kind of get an understanding of, of how that comes together. There's levels to our energy, from the ground up 
to over our heads. These energy centers can be measured by science and can be understood by understanding the ancient knowledge of chakras. This can be highly empowering as we can use the outline of these chakras to rebuild our personalities, our personal realities, and our bodies. We just have to have the willingness to see it this way and to make balancing these chakras our top priority. Rebuilding our lives from the inside out can have profound effects on our health, prosperity, and emotional stability. If you can first agree that this is true, balancing this chakra becomes not only possible, but probable. And it doesn't really matter to me what language you use, whether you want to call them chakras, you want to call them energy centers, you want to call it taking control of, of the energy of your life, whatever it may be, you know, it's just being able to accept that there's certain spots in the body that harness specific energies and either block it or allow it to move forward. So now if you're ready to accept this premise, here are some things you can do that absolutely will be effective in changing your life in monumental ways if you apply them regularly. First, answer this question as best you can to your current ability. If my life could look exactly the way I want it to right now, what would it look like? Now consider what career you would have, what partner you would have, where you would live, and what your social life would look like. Secondly, ask yourself, what habits of addiction and dealing with my emotions get in the way of this being my reality? Because let's face it, we are either our own worst enemy or our best advocate. We have to be able to understand what we want and know what it is in order to get it. We have to be really clear on it. The more clear we are on it, the more direction we have in our life. So once you have the answers to these questions, it's time to look at ways in which you may bring balance to the sacral chakra so that you may face your emotions and face your addictions with some or all of the activities that follow. Once you've practiced them with some consistency, go back again and again and ask the same questions of yourself. And you'll begin to refine your purpose at a deeper level. You'll be able to refine that truth and, and, and know exactly what you want in your life. Slowly but surely, more will be revealed. Now, often, even with the greatest intentions, what we've done in the past creates physical blockages of energy within the body. It's very important then to find ways to free the body up from those blockages so that the energy is free to move, free to create, and to stimulate you in ways that outside stimulus can never bring with any consistency. Yoga is a fantastic way to begin restoring the flow of energy within and around the body. Look online to find these poses or in a book I'll reference in the show notes called Sacral Chakras by Victor Archuleta. I've researched hundreds of books on the chakras, and Mr. Archuleta's book is the most astoundingly accurate and complete that I have ever found. The poses he mentions in this book are frog pose and the Sufi grind pose. Both sound pretty pretty interesting, right? And it just even the names sound cool. And they're certainly not the most difficult as far as yoga poses go. Attempting both these poses will at the very least tell you where your next step is in finding balance in the sacral chakra. And for example, like if you're not thin enough to complete the frog pose where you're, you know, you're bending over right in front of your, your own body, you know, down towards your toes on your tippy toes, your diet should be the next thing to address. If you're thin yet not flexible enough to manage this pose, you may have some additional work to do on your root chakra first. You may want to consider regular stretching and taking natural supplements to improve the health of your bones and ligaments so that you can get into these positions because chances are your own body is preventing you from moving energy around because it's in your way. 
you need to get your body, your own body out of your way. You need to find ways to do that. So if diet is the next thing to address, then your work may include looking at removing addictions to foods that cause you to be overweight, such as sweet, sugar, and processed foods, such as potato chips and pastries. Alcohol, especially beer, has a huge negative impact on gut health and obesity. So try avoiding these things altogether and invite fish, chicken, fruits, herbs, spices, nuts, and seeds, and raw organic honey in. That's a good start, those, those things, adding all of those things in and eliminating the bad stuff, right? Try to avoid eating anything after 7 p.m. if you can to allow your body to work with its natural circadian rhythm. Seek out a nutritionist or a life coach to address the flow of emotional ties to food that you may need to release to allow you to take such steps. And don't fall prey to quick fixes and marketing promises without proper guidance. Your body needs a steady plan here if you want to see expedient results and long-lasting results, more importantly. You need to be very patient with yourself and to ensure you are well-informed. And on top of that, especially when you're changing your diet, really make sure to put yourself, put your body at rest, whether it's sleeping or not, for at least eight hours at night. You know, if you, want, if you need to start with six and move to seven, find a way to get your body to sleep eight hours a night, and especially try and sleep overnight because overnight is when your body gets a deep dose of melatonin. And that melatonin helps you to get a restful sleep between the hours of 12.30 a.m. and 4.30 a.m. is when that happens the most. So you need to be sleeping at that point in time so that your body can optimally function the way it's supposed to be. And human beings are designed to be awakened during the day and at night asleep. We're not nocturnal. So when we throw that out of balance, everything gets crazy. All right, an additional way to deal with these emotions and these intentional changes is through meditation, mantras, and mudras. When feelings arise as you face the shape of your body and, and you face the, sh the shape that your body is in and attempt to address your diet, it's an optimal time to dig deeply into meditation rather than satisfying the urges of the body in the same old ways. I must reference Joe Dispenza again here where he says that when we listen to our old selves and give in to repeating patterns of the past, we are allowing our body to be the mind. We can no longer afford to do this if we wish to make meaningful changes in our lives. We need to set goals for the future and stay focused on these goals as if they were already our current present reality. We need to let that future call us forward. We need the thoughts in our mind and the heart to unify. And we cannot do that without harnessing this wanting energy and moving it up throughout our body rather than feeding it to stay stuck right where it is. Does that make sense? I hope so. If we do what we've always done, we'll get what we've always got. Now is the time to tell your body that it is no longer the mind and that the new you is taking control over your present actions, not the past, and not the body's incessant craving and clinging to it. So before we sit in meditation, we prepare ourselves by knowing that emotional energy is going to hit us in a tsunami-like wave, pushing us to give in to old cravings that have not been serving us. That's going to happen. We need to have a burning desire that's stronger than the urge of the body, a fire in our bellies available to embrace this wave and meet it and transform that energy. That is the energy of the sacral chakra and prepare it to move it upward into the next energy center, which will be the solar plexus chakra. And we'll talk about that in the next episode. We cannot let the wave be larger and more powerful than the bonfire that we ignite within our sacral chakra. We need to focus this energy on transformation 
rather than letting life and emotions throw us about in a tidal wave, right? We talked about the fire and water meeting in this center and figuring out a way to have it balanced. This takes practice, perseverance, and patience with ourselves. And those are spiritual principles embodied within this sacral chakra as well. Bring the body and the mind and emotions will eventually follow. Command the body to sit as you would command a dog. It's another thing that Joe Dispenza says, so I got to give him credit there. Tell your body to sit. Command it. If you've gotten this far and you are able to do that, I congratulate you. I truly do. It is so difficult. It's the hardest part of meditation. Insisting that the body listens to your new intention. Now, once you're seated, you have the greatest source of power at your disposal to work for you rather than against you. Every bit of energy that's screaming at you to get up, to go do something, to, to go do the same old shit, that energy is yours right in that moment to harness for your greatest good. If you're tense and having a difficult time sitting still, try that Sufi grind pose that I mentioned earlier as it's perfect for preparing the body for meditation and helping move energy just a little bit. You know, sometimes just the slightest energetic shift can get you to sit more comfortably and sit still for a little bit longer. It allows this tense energy to move and settle a bit. To prepare the body further, take deep breaths down into the belly, expanding it outwards, in through the nose, and then hold it there for at least five seconds. So... And breathing out each breath slowly through the mouth, releasing your belly muscles back towards the spine when you exhale. Feel your abdominal muscles tensing and then releasing tension with each breath. Set a timer and repeat this for at least five minutes. Make relaxing your abdomen the direct focus of your breathing during this time. Next, in your mind, repeat positive affirmations that pair nicely with the efforts to focus your desires on what you truly want in life such as, I am embracing the excitement of a child to experience something new. It is time for a new adventure. By focusing on my sacral chakra, I am focusing all of my creative energy to inspire new, exciting experiences. My body is not my mind. I am free, and I embrace this newfound creativity. And then smile. Feel the joy of already having all that you truly desire. You can change this to, to be your own words, but make sure that they're positive affirmations, that they're in the present tense as if you already have it. There's so much power. I can't express enough how much power there is in positive affirmations when they're backed with feeling, intention, and emotion, and belief, and faith. Truly powerful when you are locked into it. And practice does make that better and better. There's also certain sounds that provide energetic balance for each of the chakras. The sound frequency of water, for example, is the primary sound of balance in the sacral chakra. The sound is VAM. Reciting this sound, holding it out, and doing so aloud helps to free some of the emotional blockage contained within. So it would sound like this if you were actually doing the mantra in a meditation. VAM. As you do so, 
repeating that over and over again. Begin visualizing energy as an orange wheel spinning clockwise, flat as if it were a hula hoop around your waist. Imagine the energy flowing as if it were water swirling around in a glass as you tilt and cock your wrist round in a circle, holding the glass. That's the way the energy will, will flow. From time to time, if you feel the energy intensely and it's too much, Repeat that Sufi grind pose to aid in releasing the energy you're setting in motion and to, to free it to be a little more free-flowing again. If repeating the mantra feels too silly for you, try looking up binaural beats with a frequency of 288 hertz. My favorite is found on Insight Timer, one of my favorite meditation apps. You can try searching for a sacral chakra Tibetan singing bowl for an awesome 31-minute meditation that is attuned to this frequency, or you can just type in 288 hertz in an app like YouTube to find some additional meditations. Another awesome one that I found on Spotify is from an artist called Zen Meditation Planet. I love these guys. I really, really love their albums. That one has the chant of VOM for being done for you, repeating along with the frequency together when you search for the Sacral Chakra album. This is one of my preferred albums, honestly, especially for beginners. I would start here if you're new to meditation. There are other sound frequencies, six to be exact, that can also help to balance out aspects of this chakra, but they're harder to find in an app than those found at the center of each chakra. If you'd like to know what the secondary sounds are, I'd like to direct you to another amazing YouTube page called Ohm Studies, hosted by a guy named Michael Stasco, an avid student of Eastern philosophy and practice. I really, really love this guy's energy and the way that he presents information. It's very peaceful, it's very authentic, and it's very, very consistent. So his video, Sacral Chakra Explained, is a phenomenal resource, and that'll be in the notes below. He details the sound of each of the petals of the chakra and really provides some deep, truthful insights about this energy center. Trust me, I've done tons of research because that is my thing and what I do best, and his videos are spot on with the most details, even more so than I've gone into so far for you. So check it out. The only criticism I have of his video is that in this one, he states that the VAM sound, the sound or mantra of water is not as relevant to the chakra as the mantras or sounds of the petals. Now, to me, I mean, the sacral chakra has been associated with both the elements of fire and water. And if you follow the intent of transmuting the energy of the sacral chakra, both of these elements are extremely important. You know, the ebb and flow plus being able to have the fire of desire within you and, and utilize that and transmute it and harness that and balance that out. So I don't know why anyone would want to eliminate one or the other from the equation. You know, I mean, we have both the fire in our bellies to utilize transformation. The ebb and flow of water needs to cooperate to balance the energy out, right? So we need to be, we need to be both full of burning desire and allowing energy to flow smoothly to harness all of the power of this center. And lastly, while performing all of these strategies together, it's important to seek out guidance and support to transcend any addictions we may have whether it be workaholism, drug addiction, alcoholism, gambling, food addiction, or to exerting power over others. This lives in the sacral chakra. We need to stop these things from locking up our sacral chakra energy so that we may make progress in our lives. It's one of the biggest stumbling blocks that any of us struggle with. Practicing the yoga, dietary suggestions, meditation, sound healing, and mantras, along with getting help for these addictions, can help you to completely transform your life. The more tools at your disposal, the better, as long as you are working on yourself in this way. So now here we'll get into the woo-woo stuff, 
such as Reiki, crystals, and stones that can really add that something extra. Reiki is a sacred hands-on healing modality in which a practitioner can hover hands over the parts of your body and coerce the energy that may be stuck in the body upward into freedom of transformation, which is the goal of the chakra work. These hand positions would be just above the genitals and the lower back, at the lower back, just above your butt for the chakra. Two different positions there, one above the butt, one above the genitals. Practitioners of Reiki can do this on themselves, but I highly recommend seeking out a professional accredited uh, Reiki professional that has had training to have this done properly. If you're not a certified Reiki practitioner yourself, I happen to be a certified Reiki master and I have had Reiki done on me that has been incredibly successful. And I've also done Reiki on myself and some clients. And I can tell you that, you know, that this work is really, really impressive, especially when somebody really truly believes in it and is truly open to, to the energetic benefits of Reiki. So give it some thought, check it out, go for a session yourself. At the same time, crystals such as carnelian, sunstone, and orange calcite can be placed atop these areas to facilitate the balancing of this energy center into that 288 hertz frequency I mentioned earlier. You don't have to believe this will work in order for it to actually do so, yet belief and faith, belief and faith in it helps to sustain the energetic balance long term. If you've had a hard time sustaining the belief, Go for multiple sessions with a Reiki practitioner and continue to create, coerce yourself to believe in this e efficacy with each session. Perhaps when you see the energy being cleared often enough, you'll desire to be able to maintain it with your own belief and faith a bit longer with each session. One last tidbit for any musicians out there, the musical note D operates at this 288 hertz frequency as well. Incorporating the sound healing with the Reiki and crystals can have profound effects when paired together. So if you strum that note D or play that note D on any instrument and you listen to that sound as it resonates, it's very similar to that 288 hertz frequency that I'm talking about here. So at least you get an idea of what that sounds like, what that tone is. Crystal bowls tuned to D hit that frequency of 288 hertz as well. Uh, check out note D crystal bowl meditation on YouTube to see what I mean. This link will also be in the notes of this podcast, just like the others, everything else that I mentioned in the podcast, as, as always. So put on some headphones and close your eyes when you listen to this frequency on that Note D crystal ball meditation, and you'll see how that sound bounces back and forth between each headphone, and you'll see how it, and see how it makes you feel. I know you'll find the results to be astounding. You'll definitely feel your brain waves starting to shift, and your body, your equilibrium might even feel a little bit off balance at first. But if you could sit quietly and listen to that, really, really cool stuff. You got to be present and pay attention to it. That make that yield the best results. So also check out the properties of the crystals I've mentioned. They were highlighted in the book Sacred, Sacred Chakras that I mentioned earlier. You'll see why they are slated as appropriate for balancing out the chakra. For example, orange calcite has properties of boosting vitality and sexual energy along with our ability to self-heal. One last piece I will leave you with is one I know you're aware that I love by now is essential oils that can help to balance out the chakra. Again, add them to a diffuser or put them on your hair, your body, or your clothing before a yoga, meditation, or a Reiki session to enhance their effects. They are clary sage, orange, patchouli, ylang-lang, 
It's a weird one. It's spelled Y-L-A-N-G space Y-L-A-N-G. It's a hard one to, for me to pronounce, but it's a really good oil. And then there's rose, sandalwood, and cardamom. Now, rose and sandalwood are definitely the most expensive out of those two, um, but I highly recommend a brand like Young Living. You know, I, I, those are the ones that I use, and there there are some other ones out there. If you don't go for Young Living, at least go for doTERRA. Um, they're definitely the two top brands worldwide, and I've done tons of research on that as well. Uh, my favorites, personally, for yoga and meditation and Reiki are orange and clary sage on the body. So I usually put those, like rub that right on my stomach. And lang lang and patchouli in the diffuser, whether together or separate. Sometimes together they smell really nice. Sandalwood's another one of my favorites, depending on my mood, to put either on my body or in a diffuser. If I'm not feeling grounded or I'm not feeling overly enthusiastic and I just need to really center myself spiritually, that the sandalwood works on multiple levels. It's great for a lot of different chakras. It's one of the really most versatile oils when it comes to energy. So there's also some very calming oils, such as vetiver and cedarwood, that help in a roller bottle for those such as myself that are prone to struggling with anxiety and ADHD. When I need this, I put the oil behind my ears, on my lower abdomen, and at the base of my spine, as well as on the bottoms of my feet at the reflex points, which are located from beneath the big toe towards the inner edge, and that is strongly connected to your stomach, pancreas, and cervical vertebrae. Check out a uh, foot reflexology chart online. You can find that anywhere. All you got to do is type in foot reflexology chart in Google. You'll see a ton of charts come up. And some of them are more detailed than others. Um, but it'll tell you, it'll show you the exact points that I'm referring to. So you know exactly where that is to try putting it on your foot. And directly in the center of the bottom of the foot is also a, a connection to the adrenals which is also a great place to swipe a combo of these two oils for emotional and physical support when it comes to working on, you know, addictions and, and things of that nature. Um, your adrenaline is fueled from your adrenals, right? So you get that, that hyper, I need to do something energy. You need to have that balanced out. You need to be able to move it through the other centers rather than acting on it. So that, that's where it, that's a great place to put those calming oils on. Now, for someone like me who used to suffer with regular panic attacks and emotional overload all the time before this, I can attest to having great success in calming panic by using these oils. I can't remember when I had my last panic attack, but I can tell you for sure that it was definitely before I began using these oils to help keep me balanced. So, there you have it. That's all I've got for you today. In my next episode, we'll discover all things to do with the solar plexus chakra, which is our power center. I will help you to understand how to take your feelings of safety and security in the root chakra up through the passion and desire that we're creating here in the sacral chakra and give you a place to put that energy into the building of personal power and confidence that's found at the level of the solar plexus chakra. It's time to take your own power back and not leave it up to the chance of substances or outside stimulus, your own personal power. This will be the last of dealing of the chakras that deal with directly with matter. And then we'll be moving up into the realm of the heart and then into finding your voice, refining your intuition, and finally connecting with reality in deeper ways than most dare to experience with the crown chakra all the way up. So we still have those four chakras to go. We got through the, the three. As of next, next episode, it'll be the, the third of the chakras dealing with matter. We'll have dealt with all the chakras in matter. 
and those are, are, are very closely connected. So please cue the coach, me, Michael Malik, for a deeper understanding of these concepts and some emotional support to guide you in the best possible version of yourself. I'm not only happy to help, it's truly what I do best. Until next time, take care.